I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. Amy, welcome to the Retire Sooner podcast. We, we've been trying to get you on here for a very long time, and I know that you do lots of great television. You're on the morning shows, and, I, and it feels like it just feels like the world, the more digital we become and the easier banking is, the easier it is for people to try to take money from all of us. And it's not just, and maybe we start out here and dispel a couple of myths. I think as you, of course, as we get older, and I think about protecting our parents' money, right? And our grandparents' money. For the listeners here for the Retire Sooner podcast, I think of it in that perspective. And then I think about, I've, I've seen you talk about how kids are getting scammed and educated people in their 30s and their 40s. And so it's, it's kind of everybody, but has it gotten a lot worse in the last decade or two decades because banking is supposed to be so easy and frictionless and there's so many more ways for people to click through and find us? Wow, that's a lot to unpack, Wes, but <laughs> let me let me do my best, right? So how do, how do I say this? So first of all, yes, let's break down those myths. Fraud can happen to anyone of any age any education level with any amount of money. Criminals do not care who they steal from. They will steal my 19-year-old's $5 or they will steal my 75-year-old mother's, you know, retirement. Obviously, they're going to go where the money is, though, um, and that is older adults who have worked hard their whole lives. So that is why older adults are targeted more. But let's be clear again, every day on the Fraud Watch Network helpline, I speak to people and my team speaks to people 18 years old up to 98 years old. It does not matter. But your question about has it gotten easier? Has it gotten more prevalent? Um, yes. And But let me say that with a couple of caveats. We have more access points in our daily lives for criminals to meet us. Whereas when I started two decades ago, the majority of the fraud was coming in over the phone, through the mail, or honestly at the front door. Mm. Now, with the explosion of us connecting with people online, and let's, you know, let's be clear, we were connecting with a lot more people online during the pandemic. We have just opened up so many more avenues and outlets for criminals to meet us on every single platform. Um, and then, you know, they're just stealing from us in just so many new ways. How big are the, the numbers? Uh, how big is the, the, in any given day, how much money is getting siphoned away from, from bad actors? Yeah. So last year, I believe the uh, Federal Trade Commission released the number of $8.8 billion with a B. That was reported loss. And the significant thing in that sentence is reported. 
Those are only the people that reported their victimization. So I like to take that $8.8 billion and multiply it by 10 or 20 on the actual loss um, from our um, consumers because we know that this crime is hugely underreported. But for us on the Fraud Watch Network helpline, we receive 400 to 500 phone calls every single day from people who are experiencing fraud, who have been victims of fraud, who are honestly calling us to see if something is fraud. And I don't mean to sound um, unempathetic to this, but you know, if someone has a $5,000 loss, I'm like, okay, like you got off. Easy, easy, um, easy. Because um, just yesterday, I was you know reading through some of the cases, and it was four hundred and fifty thousand, four hundred thousand, three hundred and fifty thousand, and that is one day to us at AARP. If we're if we're starting to look at some of the 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 scale, and you mentioned you know it could be literally five dollars, it could be four hundred thousand dollars, and I'm I'm sure more than that. Where are the where are the big where where is something that size coming from? How does somebody get? Yeah, how, where do you see something that large, and how does that happen? And and this this goes to kind of looking at some of the most popular ways people, uh, bad actors, steal from us and our parents. But let's start with some of that. Those are those those are life changing numbers for people. You know, I'll say this. Um, yes, for a lot of people, those are life changing numbers. For some of the people, they're not. Um, mm. It is an interesting dynamic, one that I've um, really been paying attention to lately with some of the big dollar losses, and we're even talking like $1.5 million. It's not the financial loss that is as devastating to these individuals because they do um, have a you know significant amount of wealth. It's And they might be 75 years old. It's the first time in their life that they haven't been able to successfully get out of a situation or have that situation, um, you know, uh, turn out the way they want it to. So for them, it's more of an emotional loss um, than the financial loss. Whereas some of my lower losses, like $500, yeah. um, that is, the money is so much more devastating to them but the emotional is like, well, you know what? I've kind of been picked on my whole life and I've kind of been, you know, at the bottom of the barrel. Here it is again, someone else in society, you know, taking advantage of me. It's an interesting dynamic, but yeah. with big losses, where we're seeing those huge, um, you know, six-figure losses or even seven-figure losses right now uh, really are coming in in a couple of ways. One, definitely what we call romance scams. So romance the scams. The Tinder swindler. The Tinder swindler. But for most of our people, they have never met their person. Whereas with the Tinder swindler, which is a mouthful to say, um, so I can't keep saying it many times. It's a tongue twister. Um, is they're playing words with friends. You know, they're on a Facebook, uh, you know, social club. They're even on a celebrity fan page. Maybe they are actively looking on a dating site, but these um, individuals come in, uh, ingratiate themselves with them, just, you know, slight casual conversation. The next thing you know, it does turn into a full-fledged romance. Um, those take a lot of time. Uh, I talked to a woman yesterday that had been in a relationship, quote, in a relationship for seven years. 
um, with this individual. They'll claim every single story possible. One interesting thing that we're seeing with the quote, romance scam or new friendship scams right now, is they actually sometimes might start as crypto investment scams. So this is kind of a new phenomenon where we're seeing, uh, you know, professionals being reached out to on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. saying, I've been following your profile. I'm a student. I would like a mentor. Can you mentor me? which for a lot of professionals, especially maybe that um, have accumulated this knowledge throughout their life and want to share it with someone, that's very flattering to them. Mm -hmm. They get into a conversation. It seems very innocent. There might be a little bit of flirting here and there. But what happens is then that student, in quotes, would say, hey, you know, my aunt is actually a professional crypto investor, are you ever interested in that? Um, and that's where, again, we're seeing big losses. Um, it's 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 an interesting phenomenon because with crypto, I, I particularly believe that the criminals are playing on people's FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Wow. Um, it is a phenomenon that we all have as individuals. Usually for me, it happens on a Friday night when I choose to stay home and not go to that party, right? (laughs) But for some people, they're like, you know, I missed out on Apple. I missed out on Microsoft, but I am not going to miss out on crypto. And the criminals take that to their advantage and and use it to manipulate people. When you talk about these relationship scams, and and again, I'm in in the financial advice world and I have an RIA firm, and I think about somebody... Uh, changing a wire number and it goes to the wrong wire or someone not checking on a wire. To me, that's the, that's what we're always looking well, for. But what you're talking about here, these are your sent These are really con artists that are creating relationships uh-huh. and essentially coaxing people into giving them money, uh-huh. which by the way, is how is that illegal or do they, is there a loophole because they're really kind of talking somebody into something. How do, what is that, Amy? Yeah, so What's certainly- the law there? Yeah, certainly not an attorney. Um, never never want to be. Um, but there are definitely um, crimes that are being broken because they're not being in full truth and they're, they're the undue influence um, these criminals are putting on their victims. And they're, they're telling a story, but they're not telling a true story. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then also where some of the crime gets into play is the uh, banking fraud. So we're having a lot of our criminals ask our victims to open up bank accounts for them and then essentially be a money mule. So these networks of criminals um, operate very any like any you know, criminal enterprise out there, but it's just like a business. There are bosses, there are closers, there are the doers, there are the runners. And so the money you are stealing from Mrs. Smith that you have Mrs. Smith put into a bank account and then wire to somebody else who actually also might be a victim of another scam and thinks this is her prize winnings coming to her account and then has to pay, quote, taxes on that prize money and being shipped overseas to somewhere else. The criminals are, I I hate to give them credit, but they're very sophisticated when it comes to these crime models. Um, You know, I I think our law enforcement does a fantastic job and has had some really good success recently on apprehending some of these criminals, especially when they step foot into the United States. 
But we are not going to, one, educate our way out of this. And we're also not going to prosecute and arrest our way out of this. Um, we, we, knew, we need to do all of the above. We need to um, educate ourselves and we need to educate our community. We need to change the way we as a society look at these crimes. Um, we right now, in my H- belief... How so? How so? Yeah. What do you mean by that? So, you know, there's really no different than um, someone getting $20,000 stolen from them on the street um, by a mugging or the $20,000 they got stolen by manipulation over the phone. The difference is how we as society look at that individual. The individual that was uh, robbed on the street, you know, kind of to make it not a joke about it, but like, we will give her a hug. We will set up a GoFundMe account. We will bake her casseroles. Her church will throw her a fundraiser. People will come over. It's a black and white victim. Yeah, you were a victim. Same person over the phone, oh, she probably has dementia. Oh my God, she's so gullible. How could she How do could that? How could she do that? Right? How could you? There's no GoFundMe. There's no you know macaroni and cheese casserole for that victim. So when we as a society have an impression of who these victims are, as you know, uneducated, naive, and these are not the words I use. These are the words society uses. Mm-hmm. We treat the crimes differently. It's not a priority. It's not a priority. We need to look at this, though, as a more societal issue. And again, go back to the numbers in the beginning. If we're estimating, you know, the 8.8 times 10 billion dollars lost, that is money out of our economy, your economy that could build up your community that is going to these transnational crime rings. It is a we problem. And and again, the person gets $20,000 mugged and gets $10,000 stolen from them if you're carrying around that much cash, but as an example, versus scammed out of 10,000. Either way, there's really no recourse. You don't get that. Nobody ever gets this money back. Is that correct? Nobody gets the money back. I mean, there are, you know, depending, like, listen, I can get into it, but I mean, they're depending on how the money was sent and how quickly it happens and how quickly, blah, blah, blah. But let's just not lose the money in the first place. And yeah. let's, um, and again, part of the the solution, I think, is really looking at the ways that the criminals are asking for the money now and how, and this goes back to your question in the beginning or with banking, you know, are we just making it too easy? Um, Right now, for us, the two most preferred methods um, that the criminals are asking for are prepaid gift cards and crypto ATM machines. Crypto ATM. okay. Yeah. If you are not, I ask this to people all the time. How many of you have ever seen a crypto ATM machine? Everyone says no. Right. Then I actually pull up the crypto ATM machines that are in like a two block radius of where they're sitting right now. And they're like, Oh, I was just at that store yesterday. I didn't know that that was a crypto ATM machine because it just looks like an ATM machine. We have we have about 95,000 of these crypto ATM machines in the country right now. Um, interestingly enough, most of them are located in the lobbies of vape stores, smoke shops. I saw one the other day at a Philly cheesesteak place, um, liquor stores. Describe that for our audience because, again, I, I, I've heard that they there are crypto ATMs, but just functionally, what do you do with a crypto ATM? Do you go into yeah. a crypto account and just and pull out actual cash and cash in some of your Bitcoin? Yeah, it's a great question. So what the criminals are asking people to do is, and they're, again, they're really manipulative and smooth with this. They'll say, you know, Mrs. Smith, 
um, you're you're going to be arrested because you didn't pay your taxes or whatever the scam per se is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to make this super simple for you so the cops don't show up to your house. I'm going to text you right now a QR code. And that is something new to all of us, QR codes, right? Yeah. Yeah. But who during the pandemic did not get a QR code with their restaurant menu? Yeah. So, we so we've are gotten good at QR codes. Yeah. We're comfortable with QR codes. So I'm going to text you this QR code. I need you to go to, you know, ABC uh, liquor store on, you know, Arapahoe. You know where that is, right? Miss Smith. Well, of course, that's like, you know, right next door to me. Okay. Take that QR code. There's going to be an ATM machine. Um, it's very nondescript, Mrs. Smith, because this is the ATM machine that the government works with. This is only for the government, right? So they create a story. They create a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, first, get your cash or your um, your debit card. Put your cash into the machine. Scan the QR code and get your receipt. And that is the proof to show if law enforcement shows up to your house. Well, essentially what has happened They've never said the word crypto. They've never said the word Bitcoin or any other kind of, you know, digital currency. Mm-hmm. Um, they sent her a QR code. She scans the QR code. When she scans the QR code on that ATM machine and inserts her cash or her debit card, that is then instantly converted into crypto, which mm-hmm. most of the criminals are asking for crypto as Bitcoin right now. It converts it into Bitcoin and puts it into their wallet. All of that information was in that QR code. The minute it goes to their wallet, it is gone. I have had victims stand at these crypto ATM machines for up to two hours in the lobby of a convenience store with two workers staring at them while people are coming in to get their gas and their Slim Jims, mm-hmm. inserting $80,000 in cash. Wow. Okay, so hold on. <laughs> Help me understand a, yeah. a legitimate use of a crypto ATM machine. If I'm just a normal person, there's no scam, no crime. What is that? What is it supposed to be used for? So I, I, I struggle with answering with this question um, because I don't see one. <clears throat> I don't see one. I have mentioned this many times. Where is a quote legitimate crypto investor, uh, or what you know scenario are they going to walk in and get a slushy and some crypto? Um, They're going to get a Philly cheesesteak and some crypto. I do not see a legitimate reason for these, um, but we have allowed these to come into our communities. And I think the thing is, is because there's not enough knowledge or education raised about these machines and asking those questions. So, so Amy, they're not designed, if you've got a $20,000 in in your Bitcoin account, let's say, you, are they... Are you able to go to a crypto machine and say, I'd like to take 20 grand out of my Bitcoin account and get it out in cash? So you can get the, you can, it is kind of like an ATM machine, but most of the prospectus that I have read are more about someone who wants to experiment with crypto. So you can go to one of these machines, people who maybe are not comfortable with being online, they can go and buy crypto from one of these machines. That oh. is what, that is what I'm reading. But again, I my point is I feel like we have made the entry points to losing a significant amount of money high. Also, you know, one of the things I talk about with these machines is the oversight of so the employees who are working at the vape store or the, you know, Billy Cheesesteak place, they're not trained like a financial institution employee or a wire transfer employee is trained. 
So I've even had victims say to me, the, the guys were just sitting at the counter staring at me. And they're putting money in. They're putting, putting money they're in. Putting cash in. Putting cash well, in. Well, so, th- so the, these crypto ATMs really are almost like a, I was thinking it was like an internet cafe. Hey, if you want to trade or buy some Bitcoin, yep. go to these machines and you can do it. Yeah. Is your cash working for you? For years, banks have gotten away with paying next to nothing for the privilege of holding your money. Today, investors have more options as the Federal Reserve has raised and raised and raised interest rates dramatically. Why not take advantage of it? If you're interested in finding a higher yielding solution for the safety allocation of your investment portfolio, reach out to my team at yourwealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R wealth.com. You just mentioned IRS as an example, like you owe taxes. So in order to not get in trouble, go put money here. What are those scams where these are, what are the government agencies? They're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're, uh, they're impersonating. So tell our listeners about that. So impersonation and imposter scams right now are uh, collectively probably the number one most reported scam. And and honestly, every scam is an impersonation scam, pretending to be someone you're not, right? Mm-hmm. But um, we have the government imposter scams where you'll receive a phone call, a text message, um, not usually an email on these. Usually it's a phone call or a text message saying, you missed a jury duty. You yeah, didn't okay. pay your taxes. Um, your social security number was used in a crime um, on the border, and we're with the DEA, and we're going to come and arrest you unless you can um, you know, verify who you are and pay the penalty. So people, so they see that, and they, and they all of a sudden, there's this great, fear. It's like, whoa, whoa, what, what, what yeah. did, did I miss jury duty? Wait, what if somebody, you know, what if somebody did use my social security number and, and people could just get super nervous about that. And then what, and then they take advantage of that, I guess. Yeah. So we, there's so much, um, kind of emotional and psychological, um, tactics and warfare that these criminals put on the victims. Um, whether that's yelling at them, um, saying, you're going to do this right now. Otherwise you're going to get arrested. Can you imagine being arrested in front of your friends and family and your neighbors? Um, you know, I had a woman one time who said, you know, this happened on a Friday and she thought, oh my God, if I, if I have to go to jail, who's going to take care of my dog? Like, you know, your brain, your cognitive brain shuts down and your emotional brain takes over your fight and flight brain takes over. I cannot be arrested. I cannot. I will do whatever. Then the criminals will actually um, a lot of times keep the victim under the ether, under their thumb. So they will stay on the phone with them while they instruct the victim what to do. And in these cases, again, it's either driving to the crypto ATM machine or driving to a uh, store and buying the prepaid gift cards. Um, and with the prepaid gift cards, we've all seen them. We all know what they look like. Yeah, they all hang of, every time you go into every, CVS, there's a whole wall of them. Yeah, Everywhere, everywhere. It doesn't matter. Um, all the criminals need is for the victim to load money on that card. And then really even just take a picture or read the numbers off the back of the card. They don't actually need the physical hard card. So it's such an instant transaction. Um, And they'll keep the person on the phone the whole time. They'll say, don't you, if anyone asks you at the counter what you're buying for, tell them it's a birthday present for your niece. Because if you tell them this, they're going to charge you more taxes. 
or you know they tell them to lie. They keep them they keep them under the ether. This goes the same with um, you know most of our imposter scams, grandparent imposter scams, where you know, hey grandma, it's me. I've gotten in trouble. I've been arrested. I killed a pregnant woman in a car. They're gonna put me in jail. I can't. Don't tell mom. Go, you know, get the get the money for me. Um, but then the other big one right now with the hold, impos- on, hold on that. that yeah. So we're, so they're taking advantage of the, the. This is a younger person calling and saying, "Hey, this is Jen, your granddaughter," and, and they'll do that until somebody says, "Oh, hey, Jen." You, yeah. Just because it's a young person's voice and somebody older might not quite. Get it? Now, is that is that yeah, how that and works? I, I have to say this too. I don't even just know sometimes. Now, to be a grandparent, you're probably going to be over the age of, let's say, you know, 75. fifty. Yeah, yeah. fifty-five. Seventy. Um, but. It's not necessarily an, an older thing with hearing or, you know, cognitive loss or anything like that. It's an emotional thing. It's all of a sudden unsuspected. You're caught off guard with someone crying on the phone to you that is asking for help. So it's, Grandma, Grandma, what, Johnny, is that you? Yes, Grandma, it's me. Or they might even have the name because let's not, you know, let's be honest here. We put out way too much information about our friends and family online. Sure. Um, the obituaries is not to give any criminals listening to your podcast any ideas, but the obituaries are a great place for criminals to get information. They have the grandchildren's name. They have alma maters. They have all of the information you need to manipulate somebody. Um, so, yes, they'll go in and, yes, Grandma, it's me. Please don't tell Mom. Grandma, you know how much I love you, right? That gets into the emotional side. Oh, my gosh, this person needs my help right now. Wow. And then they operate out of fear and ex- expediency. And the next thing they know, they're buying a gift card yep. at CVS and it's going to the, the yep. scammers. And this one is an interesting um, kind of psychological dynamic because we focus more on the victim that lost the money. But there's there's quite a few victims in this one because I've actually talked to a significant amount of grandchildren who are reporting on behalf of their grandparents. And it was their name that was used in the scam. The guilt that that grandchild feels that their grandparent lost $10,000 in their name because the grandparent thought that they were the one that got in trouble. Um, that's a significant guilt for a young person to feel um, when then, then they find out that that money is lost. Uh, that's, that's a lot. And, you know, again, back to how we treat these criminals, there's no real, um, you know, therapy, so to speak, to help to help that individual recover from that guilt they might feel. Okay, so you were about to tell another really common one. So you've got grandparent and then uh, what are so the, there's- The well, business imposters. And what we does have that all, mean? So we've all gotten these. This is where they'll use any legitimate company name um, pretending to be them, whether it's an Amazon imposter, a Best Buy, a oh, Geek yeah, Squad, yeah. Microsoft. Um saying that there's been a problem with your account, saying that someone charged something to your account to call this phone number. Um, I talked to a gentleman the other day who, it was a geek squad, and he actually is a you know customer. And he's like, yeah, so I called the number and I said, no, you're wrong on my billing cycle. Well, it was obviously a fake customer no- service number that the criminals had put in the email. He called them, they said, oh, don't worry, sir, we'll take care of it. We just need to remote access into your computer to take care of that refund for you. 
Um, so just, you know, just know that, you know, Amazon doesn't operate that way. And most of those um, emails that you get are scams and just delete them and junk them. Same thing with charities. You see charity yeah, scams. The, we see a lot of charity scams, especially after natural disasters. Um, you know, anything, you know, where the community comes together. Uh, I will say with charity scams right now, I think we do a really good job um, as a society of warning people beforehand. Like with the Maui fires, I saw, you know, people yeah. coming out right away saying only give to this place. You know, be skeptical of any GoFundMe. The interesting thing with charity fraud as well is most victims don't necessarily know that they've been a victim of charity fraud until law enforcement or an attorney general's office actually realizes it and sues them. Because if I give, you know, $100 right now to ABC Cat Foundation, I'm not necessarily going to know that that was a fake charity until someone tells me so. What about the, and again, same thing, the people are not getting this money back. And, lo, and most of the time, the money doesn't come back. Correct. The Correct. And, and let's just go back to, I guess we'll go specifically to these love scams. And I, and I have not seen the documentary on this, but as we talked about this today here in the studio, a lot of people have. <laughs> this is, well, this was something on TikTok or Tinder where someone was creating a relationship, but actually saw them in person, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what happened here? Yeah, so this one, um, you know, we've heard other examples of it, like Dirty John, and, you know, it is where somebody pretends to be. Catfishing. Uh, yeah, yeah, more successful, more educated, more fluent, you know, meets people online, um, you know, takes them on these crazy trips. You feel like they're legitimate because they do have this money to spend. Then they create these stories about why they need your money then because, oh, my money's tied up at customs. And these situations are not usually the ones that we're dealing with um, on our helpline, right? We're dealing with more of the people who never meet, um, who are just corresponding via text messages, WhatsApp, you know, video chat, whatever it is. But that doesn't mean that this relationship isn't as real to them as if you and I were sitting next to each other right now. Um, because they do create these hopes, these dreams, these fantasies. I'm going to marry you. They, they get you to start their children, quote, children start calling you mom or dad, right? They do create this life that we want. You know, people want to have connection with people. Um, and then a crisis happens. You know, the crisis is I was robbed. The crisis is I have a health emergency. The crisis is X, Y, Z. Um, these are these are really I mean the all scams are hard but these have a lot of emotional um you know outputs that come with them and it's not just the finances it's the loss of the hope and the dream the the loss that you you were pretty special there for to someone for a while and who doesn't want to feel special um and now you realize that this person was just a criminal and stealing from you the whole time these are really really hard emotionally um we have a support group actually for um victims of of all scams but a lot of them primarily are romance scam victims because there's just so much that is involved with these and the unraveling it is really hard for victims so it sounds like a lot of what you see in these billions and billions of dollars that happen every single year. I mean, you it reported eight or nine billion. So you could say it could be a hundred billion yeah. a year. 
how often though are you dealing with somebody who is uh, perpetrated a financial institution or changed a wire number from a brokerage firm or a the bank? Is that part of your purview? Or is that harder for criminals to, to knock into? So we really focus more on the uh, person-to-person fraud, the the consumer, the consumer fraud. We do get phone calls from people who are like, you know, I'm I'm the admin assistant and this just happened. Or um, there's a there's a scam called like a can you do me a favor scam where you think you get an email from your boss that says, um, hey, I'm stuck in a meeting. Can you please run to you know the grocery store and buy some gift cards? I forgot to get the you know president's a birthday present or something like that. And they'll call us. you know, the business email compromise, what you're talking about with like the wires and stuff, most, I, I would hope most companies, you know, do have uh, fraud processes in place on how to handle that once it's realized, um, you know, whether that's their own internal kind of fraud department or whether they directly report it to the FBI. Most of our people are, I, I don't know what to do with this. I, I don't know. Um, they, and so, they, they say you know, that. Got, they, don't, they don't know where to go. They don't know where to go. A lot of people don't know where to go. Um, And we can be that first person for you. And we really do focus on the emotional side of it as well. We have about 200 fraud specialists that work on our team across the country that will work one-on-one with these victims. We are not filling in, you know, the the piece of paper. We are listening. We are empathetic. We are telling them they're not alone. We will focus on what they need to do next, but I really want these victims to be able to tell their story in a non-judgment, um, in an empathetic way. And that's why, you know, the helpline is one, so successful. And we're only successful because of our amazing volunteer fraud specialists that volunteer their time um, to work with these victims and give them the time, whether that's 60 minutes to two hours, that they need to tell their story. So I want to th- I think about prevention and then what's next if it does happen. The Let's start with prevention here. Uh, a, I know that you talk about there's certain steps that we should all know or be taking in order to prevent this. That's one. And then I I guess maybe along with that, the clues that this is starting to happen to someone. I think easiest prevention tip is to first recognize that we can all be victims. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that sounds very uh, simple. It might not be what people want to hear. But if you don't think that you'll ever be a victim of a fraud or a scam, then you're never going to pay attention to mm-hmm. any article, any podcast, any tips. You're going to be like, well, that only happens to people who aren't smart, or that only happens to women. We all have vulnerabilities, um, wow. and we all need to look into ourselves and say, what's our vulnerability? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I talk about this when I go out in the public, and you know, for me, it would be it would be my children. So if I got that, you know, kidnapping scam right now, or if I got a text from, you know, my kids saying, hey, mom, I'm in trouble, I I would sit up and everything would go out the window. Um, We all need to know what our vulnerabilities for. And then uh, another one that, again, is not going to be very popular because it's not a magic wand is we need to slow down. This is an interesting thing. And I we have our connection to the world with us 24-7, and that is our phones. 
We yeah. also need to remember that, yes, the device that we carry in our purse and pocket makes phone calls, but it is more than a phone. It is a connection point to criminals all over the world. So let's almost stop calling it a phone and let's call it something else. It's a connection point, but we have it with us all the time. And if it dings and it rings, we are there and we are picking it up. Right. Yeah. We're there. No, we need to slow down at any opportunity that is coming to us. Take a breath because the criminals will talk fast. They'll act fast. They'll want you to talk fast and act fast. And they want you to not think cognitively. They don't want you to think, why would the IRS be calling me when they would send me a letter in the mail? They don't want you to think that way. They don't want you to think, why would little Johnny be calling me when he should be at college right now? Why? You know, they don't want you thinking that. So we need to slow down. Um, And then for me, because there's, let's just say there's a hundred documented variations of scams that are out right now. I, I don't even know the number, but that's not what we need to be focusing on. What we need to be focusing on is what is the ask? What is that person asking you Right now, whether it's via text, email, Facebook, phone, I don't care. What are they asking you? Are they asking you for a prepaid gift card? Are they asking you to go somewhere and deposit money? Are they asking you to send money via a non-traditional way like a Venmo, Cash App, or Zelle? Mm -hmm. Are they asking you for your social security number? If Honestly, if I could get those four things eliminated... I I could basically retire sooner, Um, (laughs) right? Great work. Maybe the best way to utilize retire sooner of any (laughs) guest ever, right? There should be like a little ding or something, right? Um, Yeah, it's listen to what they're asking, whether it's the Amazon imposter, the romance scam, the grandparent scam, a tech support. I don't care what scam it is. The criminals want the same thing. They want want gift cards. Yep. They Gift want card, Bitcoin, Venmo cash up, sell. Yeah, they ask for cash. Trust me, they still ask for cash. They want your social security number or your Medicare number. So what are they asking for? Yeah. And if one of those things, that's all, like if, if I could just get you to remember that. Yeah, well, isn't it such, Amy, that 99.999% of the time, if somebody is asking you for money, that's not an actual family member, well, an actual verified family member, Yeah. then it is a scam, yeah, right? Absolutely. That's it. That's it, and, done. And, and another kind of, this is a little tactical, but a government agency, like the your example, the DEA yep. or the IRS, they don't ever call anyone and just say, hey, I need money now. Like it does not happen, correct? But people don't quite know that, right? You hear, I just read an article this week, 1,600 new IRS agents are coming after millionaires. It's on CNBC. That's a real thing. Oh, okay. Wait, are they, or am I going to get a text? Am I going to get a call? They're going to audit somebody. But so there is that sliver of, well, maybe that's a thing. How would you answer that question? Yeah. And the criminals will exploit that sliver. Mm-hmm. Um, criminals follow the headlines, so they know when there's some new, you know, government process that's going to change to confuse people. But the IRS and the federal, state, local government will never accept prepaid gift cards, 
or crypto for payment. Stop right there. That's simple. Yep. Right. It's that simple. And we have a pretty significant process of justice for people to be arrested um, in our country. They will not give you a heads up and call you and say, hey, heads up, I'm coming to arrest you today. But if you send me, you know, a Nordstrom's gift card, it'll be fine. Yeah. That's not how the system works. But the criminals just put so much fear. And we are all, none of us want to be arrested. Right. Like, uh, so they do put that fear of embarrassment and shame in front of us. Okay. So one, I know a fair amount of people over the last few years that have, have been victim to what you just talked about. Similar stories, educated people, uh, people that are, that, that, that themselves would say, I would never be the person that would ever fall for that. Yeah. Um, so one, understand that we, we all could be victims because we all have a fear point. To your point, all of us, if we're parents, there's a fear point. Yep. By the way, is it one, two, slow down and and think about what somebody's actually asking for. Understand your phone is a portal. Yep. And three, what is the ask? And and if it's a gift card, ATM, or Bitcoin, crypto, Venmo. Social security number, it's gonna it, it's up, it's ninety nine point nine 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 percent just a scam. Period. Absolutely. And even that 1%, you can still slow down and take a minute to figure it out. If it really is your doctor's office calling you asking for your Medicare number, they're going to be fine with you hanging up the phone, doing some research, then calling your doctor's office back at the phone number you have for them. That's a Mm. verified phone number and saying, hey, did you guys just call me? All right. I like those three. I like those three. <laughs> and again, part of this though, you said it's not just education, it's not just law enforcement, but it is the, it's the combination of all of these. And it's the combination of all of these and it's also the combination of of the middle person. And the middle person to me in a lot of these uh, situations is how we um, have made access to the funds so simple and easy. Um, we I can't go into a craft store and buy spray paint without a, you know, 18-year-old manager unlocking it for me because we've put some barriers and restrictions for the health and safety of our communities. But yet, I can go in and buy $5,000 worth of prepaid gift cards Mm. or $80,000 in crypto. So we need to look at where the money is being taken from in those entry points and really uh, put some protection methods in place. Let's talk about, as we start to address this with our parents, and I, I really think you, you've kind of shed light on it. It's not really, this is not just about people who are aging. It is all, it's all of us, because we all have a weak point or a pain point. We can all be scared about something. But I think about protecting my parents, I protecting our parents and our grandparents, because so much of this is, it's a false relationship. Yeah, that, that leads to so much of this. How do we talk to our parents about that? Do we ever figure out, hey, I think you're, you're you, this is mom or dad. Look, this guy's not legit. Like yeah. this is, you're getting scammed here. But oh, he hasn't done anything yet. How yeah. do you, how do you recommend talking to people? Or is it just a blunt conversation? <laughs> so I recommend uh, to start it now. 
um, if you haven't already. It's, it's, it's a very similar conversation that I would have with my teens about peer pressure, drugs, alcohol, whatever. Start the conversation as soon as you can to keep those lines of communication open and to establish that this is going to be part of our family norm to share information about what's going on in the world. So, hey, you know, you're at your parents' house. Hey, mom and dad, um, I just I heard this great podcast about scams and fraud, or I just read this great ARP article about, you know, the grandparents scam. What would you do? I think actually role play it. What would you do if someone called you and said that they were, you know, Johnny saying they needed money? What would you do? It's not enough to say, don't do this. You have to almost put them in the situation. And there, there are studies out there about if you are forewarned with a refusal script on getting out of a situation that you're not comfortable with, you are more apt to get out of that situation, right? It's, it's, it's like when I know someone's going to come up and ask me to, you know, volunteer to be classroom mom, it's like I got it in my head. Nope, I'm sorry. I'm just too busy right now. I don't think I'm the best person for that role. Um, you know, you have it. You've practiced it. But, you know, say like, hey, let's have a conversation about this or even tell them your vulnerabilities. You know, don't put it in a paternalistic like you're old so you don't know better. Say, you know, like this, I got this call the other day and it really caught me off guard, mom. Like, what would you do if you got that phone call? That is a great place to start. Um, also, for some of, and I, I, I have a mother. Uh, I'm sure she's listening right now. But you know, I some days hey, I think she forgets what I do for a living because she'll she'll say, "I got this email from my friend who's overseas, and he asked for gift cards." And so I wrote, <laughs> "I'm like, oh my, you know." So you know, we all have that mother, but you have to find the best strategy that works with your loved one. So for me, it would be like, um, hey, mom, heads up. There's this really popular scam right now. When you go to your next cooking class, can you tell everybody about it? Let her be the horn to her friends, right? So let your parents say, mom, I heard this about, you know, the Amazon imposter scam. Next time you go to your uh, Bible study, can you make sure to tell them about it? So put her in the role of the knower. The advocate. The advocate, because then that, especially for folks who do maybe, and, and the ego sounds like a bad kind of you know negative word here, but that do have that this will never happen to me. But by telling them to be the spreader of the news to the others that it might happen to, they're still getting that knowledge and that information. You know, I think in a digitally frictionless financial world where there's now so many easy ways to send money, transfer money, the it's almost as though the reversion to it would be really nice for everyone to know their banker if there's such a thing, right? I don't know how I don't it's hard to find a banker because <laughs> you can walk into a bank and you don't still really have a banker, no. your financial institution, your financial advisor that is a real live person that needs to take direction from you and not somebody else. And, and I think there are a lot of protections there. The question I would have, and I, maybe we haven't started to see this yet, I'm, I'm asking you, and in the future could this happen, but how, have you started, have you seen anything with voice 
cloning yet. <laughs> I, I know you, I've seen that CNBC, Brian Sullivan has a show on at night and he cloned himself and it was like, oh my God, it sounds exactly like him talking to himself. We haven't started to see that yet, have we? So this is a very, again, follow the headlines. This is a very popular topic right now. Um, for me, um, for the folks that we have heard on the helpline, we are not seeing that. And here's why I think that. The scammers are doing a pretty good job without it. Mm. Um, they are successful without it. I do not need, a criminal does not need to clone my son's voice to call my mom and try to victimize her in the grandparent scam. They can do it without it, and they've been doing it for years. Wow, the only place yeah. where I might say that I think we're seeing it and it might trend up, so scammers, put earmuffs on, so don't take any ideas, is the celebrity imposter scams. So we have, so during COVID, a lot of celebrities were really connecting more on social media with their fans because they couldn't get to the concerts. They couldn't, you know, put on their performances. So they were doing little shows and connecting. And we want to feel connected with our famous celebrity crushes. So the scammers are taking that to their advantage. And they're reaching out to fans on the Facebook social media pages saying, hey, I'm so-and-so, you know, I'm ready for a simple life. I've seen you follow my page. Let's start a relationship. Because celebrities are so available online and somebody could clone their face, deep fake, you know, a video, if a victim starts to have doubt saying, I don't think you are, you know, Taylor Swift, I don't think you are Carrie Underwood, they could, I think, do a deep fake video to try to then manipulate the victim further. Yeah. Okay. The... <laughs> I really thought Taylor Swift was DMing me. <laughs> she wasn't. She's a little busy right now. <laughs> but but it may be uh, George Clooney. I George Clooney reached out to me. <laughs> right now, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that are being personally invited to invest in crypto from Mr. Musk. Ah, okay. Makes he is sense. a very popular imposter right now. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, well, he's he's on Tw he's on X all the time. X, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. The, the, this is so this is so informative, Amy. The what about in your wallet walking around? Uh, is it what what should be what what is safe to be oh. in our wallet? Thank if, you for asking this question. Thank you for asking this question. I love how we go from AI and deep fakes to the simplest thing about our wallet, right? Yeah. Like, let's just get back to the basics, friends. Um, we actually just recently did a huge article on this in the ARP Bulletin because we were getting so many calls on the helpline regarding people losing their wallets, losing or being stolen. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, we're, we're, we're just focusing on all these huge kind of scams. Well, we got to get back to the basics. So driver's license, maybe one credit card, um, you know, maybe your health insurance card. And I can fight some people on that one and a couple of bucks of cash. Mm -hmm. Stop. I want everyone to pull their wallet out right now. Right now, pull your wallet out. If you have your birth certificate or your social security card in there, take it out. Take it out now. If you have your Medicare card, I want you to think about your Medicare card and your wallet. Do you need it every day? No. Most days you don't even need it when you're going to the doctor because they already have it and they can verify you by your ID. Medicare cards are big business right now. 
There are so many criminals who are stealing Medicare numbers to charge, whether it's DNA swab kits, COVID tests, back braces, urinary catheters, whatever it is on your Medicare number. So think about that. I actually said this to my husband the other day. Why do you have your house key in the wallet? You are going to drive me crazy because he has a car that just you need a card for or his phone. And I was like, don't carry that in there because if you lose your wallet, your ID is in there with your address and now you have a house key. So why don't we just open up the doors and let criminals come and steal everything from our house? Um, so be, be really thoughtful about it. And one other thing I'll say about your wallet. If you lose your wallet and you have a credit card in there and they, you need to contact your credit card company, do you have that phone number and that account memorized? No. So I recommend that people actually get a copy of their credit cards front and back and put it in a safe spot. Because when you're under ether and you're under pressure and you're feeling anxious and you go to your, your device, your phone, and you do a search for... I'm just making this up, ABC Credit Card Company, and you pick the first number. Oh, it could be a scammer. Thank you. Wow. So then you're almost re-victimizing yourself. How about having a photo of a card? Uh, you know, an In iPhone, is, it, it, asks, it, it has a wallet and it yeah. wants a card, right? And people have photos of their license on their iPhone. I guess that's just one more portal for someone to get to find. It is one more portal to find. Uh, let me let me say this. If you lose your phone, you better have a biometric or a hard password on your phone. There are still a significant amount of people that do not have a passcode on their device. Mm -hmm. They disable that. You think about what you have on that device. And again, we call it a phone, but it's a device. It's a it's a basically a computer you carry in your pocket. Um, one of the scams we're seeing right now is you're out in the community and someone says, hey, I'm so sorry. I lost my phone. Can I borrow your phone to call my mom and come pick me up? You unlock your code and you have your Venmo Cash App or Zelle app open and not shut down under password protection. The person pretends to be calling their mother and is opening up your Venmo and sending them money. This wow. happens all the time. All the time. And I, you know, I try to be a nice person. Um, so I actually had someone ask me the other day, I need to call my mom. I said, okay, I'll dial the number and hold the phone. And you can talk to them on speakerphone. And they walked away? No, they actually did it. So I'm like, good, I'm glad I did it. But oh, so they actually away, did need to call their they mom. They actually did. A Amy goes, you're talking to the wrong woman. <laughs> I know. Do you know what I do for a living? <laughs> uh, talking to the wrong girl. Anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but again, make sure you have your apps closed. Don't have Venmo just opened up on your device because if anyone gets there, they can instantly transfer the money. Checks and social media. I want to ask you about checks. And then I just think about social media. You mentioned, you know, somebody saying, hey, I'm a, I want you to be a mentor. I, I, I was just thinking back. I, I've gotten that a lot on LinkedIn and I just always ignore all of those. I almost feel like you can't even use... I. I I personally look at social media as just, I don't know if I can even use it and feel confident in any of it. Like think about LinkedIn. We get invites all the time. Everybody gets invites all the time. It used to be that you could tangentially know somebody on LinkedIn and yeah. you're like, oh, they're in Atlanta and they work for, I've heard of this firm and you're sure. And then now I don't, I get requests 
from even our new employees of my company. Hello? And I'm like, oh, could be a scam. Yeah. I, I don't trust anything anymore on these things. So should we just stop all social media? <laughs> um. So I use social media, in, in my opinion, for entertainment. Um, I think of it now as like when I- TV. Yeah, well, or like when I was a teenager and I used to go buy my Tiger Beat magazine, right? Like- I would look whoa, whoa, whoa. through my Tiger Beat, right? What like is Tiger Beat. Hold on. Well, you don't remember that? Tiger Beat, like with Chad Allen and like Ricky Schroeder on the cover. Um, but just oh, <laughs> oh, like act. Okay, Ricky Schroeder. Oh, yeah, like yeah. A, a good gossip magazine, yeah, right? Like yeah. use Tiger. it as entertainment, but just know that everything out there can be and most likely is fake. So I use this example with people sometimes who say, "Well, I got a friend request. I didn't know them." And I say, so of the billions of people, they only needed you? Do you not think that there's something in it for them? Or they asked me to, you know, be a, an unsolicited person asked me to be a mentor. Okay, take that situation and go downtown in what city you are and pretend that situation is happening face to face. So I'm, you know, downtown and someone runs up to me and says, oh my gosh, I am such a huge fan of yours. Will you please mentor me? You're like... <laughs> What? No, you're crazy. But for some reason, with technology, we give it more truth. We give it more truth. We give it more value. There should not be any value to that at all. Um, social media, lock down your pages hard. Lock them mm -hmm. down. Don't let them be public. Don't let anyone go on your social media page. You know, any friend requests that you get, if you don't know them, they are not your friend. You do not need more friends. Um, any celebrity that's reaching out to you on DMs, that's sliding into your DMs or coming in on LinkedIn, it is not the celebrity. I will, anytime I'm talking to a celebrity, I was like, will you please tell people, you know, your fans that you don't need their money um, and you don't need a cell phone because they don't. Um, that is not how it works. So, but again, by the way, I've had I've had the the retire sooner page or it's the the West Moss Money Matters or whatever it, it, on maybe it's been Instagram I can't remember which one but it has been cloned like thirty times and I have people that'll email my I'll have real life people text me and say hey I think you you just asked me to do something but it's like one letter off it's not like Money Matters it's like money with a zero. But it's my exact, yeah. yeah. So yeah, just, I, so my message to retire sooner folks, I will never reach out to anyone on social media ever, ever, ever. Yeah, you won't. And then what about checks? Old. This is old school. People still sometimes use checks. What's the, what to watch for on checks? Back to the basics again. We had a huge influx of check washing. Um, not what just does washing mean? What's that mean? So you, you write a check. Um, like you're writing a check to your mortgage, the IRS, whatever, you put it in the mail. A criminal steals that check. And mm -hmm. with a little tiny, simple chemical compound, um, they can take like a Q-tip and uh, basically erase what you wrote on that check and they rewrite it to somebody else. Okay. Yep. Um, this has been a huge, huge problem. So for that, what I tell people is certainly... Think about, do you need to write a check or can you do some kind of online bill pay mm -hmm. that is encrypted? Um, if you are writing a check, do not put it in your outgoing mailbox. 
if you are writing a check, don't even put it in one of the big blue mailboxes. Those are getting um, stolen. They're getting, um, they're actually robbing postal workers right now for the master key on those. Take it directly into the post office. And if you see anything suspicious, contact your bank immediately. And if you write a check, write it in what, magic marker or flow ink versus like a ballpoint pen? A gel ink. So gel ink adheres to the fibers in the check. And it doesn't mean it can't be washed, but it'll definitely look more suspicious. And so gel someone like, ink? What is gel. That? Yeah, most pens are gel. Um, they're a little bit more liquidy. And so when you write it in, it actually adheres to like the okay, fibers. Versus like an old school ballpoint pen. Those, those can get washed. Okay. Correct. Um, wow. I'm getting off social media completely. Okay. I guess I can't say that. I'm not going to, I can't totally <laughs> do that, but I will not reach out. To You're just going to go eyes wide open. So you've talked about one last thing. Uh, the, I, I think about phones and they've got to be, it really needs to be a complicated password or face ID. You've got to have that on there. Dual authentication on any bank accounts, of course. And we we've, we didn't talk a ton about that because I think your financial, to your point, you've got, you talk about a lot of these relationship, the relational scams. You've got to be, my message to, to listeners to, as well is to have a relationship with your financial institution because there's a lot of protections. If you've got money at a big firm, they are responsible in most, in most cases, unless you, you're sending money to the wrong person. Most of the big, most of the big financial institutions, if something just fully nefarious happens to an account, there you are protected in, in large part. So, so the, the only place that I see people not being protected is if they're doing something with their account and they're not interfacing with a live person and they get scammed into something relationally, right? If you, if you have a Vanguard account and you send money to uh, somebody overseas because they asked you to, Vanguard's not going to cover that as an example. Yeah. But, you know, to your point about the relation um, with your, with your, your banker, you know, we can, people can put trusted contacts on their accounts. So if the banker does have some suspicion that, you're, you're being victimized, they can reach out to your trusted contact and say, do you know why your mom is pulling out $20,000? Yeah. How could, you know, a lot of us, we, we feel like we're so, um, you know, we're so protected. We're so smart. This will never happen to me. We don't say to our banker, hey, listen, it's okay if you question me, if I come in here one time and say I want $50,000 when I've never asked for $50,000. It's okay if you take a second and ask me some questions about this withdrawal. Um, it is a hard place, and it's the same thing with the bank tellers. You know, there's a there's a hierarchy, there's a power dynamic. You know, we're asking an, uh, a bank teller to to ask questions of an 85 year old person who's been a you know a, a bank customer there for 50 years on why the heck are you pulling out this amount of money? I don't think you're you know. So you have that conversation and say it's okay to pull in a manager. Or somebody else, if you think I'm being victimized. And because remember, we all need to remember that it can and most likely probably will happen to us at some point in our lives. Phones and emails. One last thing. How do we how do we answer our phones and how do we should we just never answer? Should we get rid of social media and email? <laughs> no, I think email is actually the one of the easiest things. Delete, 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 delete and delete. Um, you know, we do go through emails quickly, um, but never call any phone number that's in an email that you haven't, you know, 
triple verified and triple checked. With your phone, there actually is a lot of technology in your phone to help protect you. So you can go into your phone into settings under phone settings, and it can say uh, silence unknown callers. Mm. So that means that anybody that is not in your contacts list will go directly to voicemail. That doesn't mean you're not going to get their call. It's just going to go directly to voicemail and not ring. That is huge for people who, again, are just sitting there, the phone rings, and it's just like automatic. We just pick it up and we answer the phone. Let it go to voicemail. You be in control of it. Listen to the message. Listen to what they're asking. Be out of that ether. Be out of their control. And then you can delete it. But we need to take back control of our devices. Once you realize that money's been taken from you erroneously, are you guys at ARP saying, here are the three law enforcement agencies I should call, here you should call? What is the protocol once this has happened? Yeah, so obviously it depends for whatever scam it is that's happening. Um, oftentimes it is a law enforcement referral that we need to you know, encourage them to do, whether it's reporting to IC3.gov, which is the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center, their local police department, Secret Service, whomever it is. Oftentimes, though, it's a solution that they can take on for themselves, whether that's getting a copy of their credit report to see if they've been a victim of identity theft and then placing a fraud alert on their credit report, um, calling their financial institution, you know, setting up new new barriers, new boundaries. Again, we will cover all of that with with anyone that calls us. But most importantly, what I think we add to that is that non-judgment and that empathetic listening. Um, I, I, I mean, just for example, I had a gentleman the other day that was a victim of, um, and I believe it was an email imposter scam. And he's like, I know you haven't heard of this. And, you know, I kind of want to say, well, yep, you're my 100th one today, um, you know, that's coming to our queue. But, you know, it's encouraging him to say, thank you for reporting this to us. Thank you for spotting the red flags because we know that then he's going to hopefully in turn warn others about it and encourage people to report. Because if you go back, this is such an unreported crime. Because of embarrassment. And shame and lack of where to go for help. Okay, so if, that was my next question. If you don't talk to somebody at, at ARP on the, on the Fraud Watch Network, is there a particular place that people should go? I, I mean, I, it, I, didn't, I didn't know that you could contact Secret Service. I've never heard of IC3.gov. What's a good spot to start? Um, you know, obviously start with us. Um, yeah. But again, that's why, you know, we are here is to help you try to guide you. If it's investments, you know, maybe it's the Securities and Exchange Commission. Maybe it's your state's attorney general's office. Maybe it's your state's division of securities. Maybe it's the Federal Trade Commission. Maybe it's the CFTC. There are so many yeah. places. That's why you need some guidance. That's why you're guiding. Because not... we know if people are overwhelmed with options, they're not going to even take the first step. Mm -hmm. So if we can get them to at least make one phone call, and whether that's to us or whoever, and they can have their options of the most important thing for you to do today is X. If we can just get them to do X, then I feel more secure that that person's, um, you know, journey um, emotionally and financially and for the future with their fraud journey is going to be more set and stable than if they're so overwhelmed, they don't do even one step. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going <laughs> to leave it there.
It's such a interesting topic because it's just it, it applies to everyone now more than ever. Some of it is some it's somewhat interesting the fact that until I had really been getting ready to talk to you, I had not even heard of the TikToker. What what are they called again? It's the Tinder Tinder swindler. T- Tinder swindler. But the fact that there's so much of this happening on a relationship basis, I think is really important for our, the retire sooner listeners to know. So it's fascinating and scary all at the same time. But I think today's been educational. I actually feel I actually feel better about Good. our future in protecting ourselves and our listeners, you know, protecting themselves and their family and their parents and their grandparents from this. So I think you're you're good. You've, it's no coincidence you've been doing this for almost 20 years, Amy. Yes, I know. Can you believe that? And just remember, I mean, I want your listeners to know that there are resources. I mean, anybody of any age, you don't have to be an ARP member can call our helpline. You know, if you ever think something's a scam, you want to check on it, you have any questions, then call the helpline. They can go on the website, aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. Free resources. Anyone can do it. Love it. Amy, you're a pro. Thank you so much. You're very generous with over an hour of your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Hey, y'all. This is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This information is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no guaranteed offer that investment return, yield, or performance will be achieved. Stock prices fluctuate, sometimes rapidly and dramatically, due to factors affecting individual companies, particular industries or sectors, or general market conditions. For stocks paying dividends, dividends are not guaranteed and can increase, decrease, or be eliminated without notice. Fixed income securities involve interest rate, credit, inflation, and reinvestment risks and possible loss of principal. As interest rates rise, the value of fixed income securities falls. Past performance is not indicative of future results when considering any investment vehicle. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. Investment decisions should not be based solely on information contained here. This information is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment, tax, estate, or financial planning considerations or decisions. The information contained here is strictly an opinion and it is not known whether the strategies will be successful. The views and opinions expressed are for educational purposes only as of the date of production and may change without notice at any time based on numerous factors such as market and other conditions.